Hello and welcome to the Shaping Insights podcast presented by American Express, where we bring you expert perspectives on the latest trends in travel and luxury retail. I'm Ajesh Patale, writer and contributor to the Financial Times, and I'll be your host for this episode. Today, I will be speaking with Matthew Driscoll, editor of Asian Aviation and an aviation expert. Based in Singapore, Matthew is an award-winning journalist, having produced content for publications including Reuters and the New York Times, and frequently appearing on international broadcast outlets CNN, Al Jazeera and the BBC. Matthew is also a multimedia entrepreneur, a university lecturer, and former president of the Foreign Correspondents Club of Hong Kong. Today, Matthew will be sharing insights with us on the aviation landscape and the future of the airline industry. Hello, Matthew. How are you? Nice to have you with us. Doing great, Ajis. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Let me start by asking you to tell us a little bit about your career to date and your focus on the aviation industry. I started my life, really my reporting life, as a business reporter. Managed to make my way to Sri Lanka and Hong Kong. And then we moved to Singapore eight, nine years ago. I started my own company called Wildcat Productions. And my first client was Asian Aviation, which is the magazine that I edit. Our writers are all over Asia, and we've actually got a couple in in Europe. And right now, covering the aviation industry has been uh, more than a full-time job. Let's talk about where we are today. As everyone knows, the aviation industry has been severely challenged by recent circumstances. Tell us, how have you seen airlines pivoting to address these challenges in a positive way? Well, let's, let's address the, the elephant in the room. The one word that everyone in the industry is using is unprecedented, and it's bad. But having said that, we do see some things that are looking better for the industry. Take today, for example, my email inbox was full of emails from New Zealand Airways, they were adding capacity for the school holidays in New Zealand. Qatar Airways was adding capacity as well, international capacity. Etihad, Emirates, the Middle East Airlines are adding capacity. There is some positive news that's coming out of the industry, uh, what everybody's calling green shoots. We've seen some domestic traffic increase in Australia. Vietnam has been strong on domestic. You know, there's some positive news that that domestic traffic is coming back. Regional traffic will be a little bit slower. International traffic will be the last one to return. And I want to state, I mean, the problem is not really an aviation problem. Aviation is good to go. The airlines have been doing everything they can do to reassure passengers that it's safe to travel. The filters that they use to uh, filter the air on an airplane are the same things they use in hospitals. The airlines are doing everything they can to reestablish passenger confidence and to rebuild the industry. If they don't get people traveling, then they're out of business. So they're doing every single thing they can, and and not just the airlines, but also the representative organizations for the airlines, such as IATA, the International Air Transport Association, uh, IKO in Montreal, which is the UN organization that oversees international aviation, Airports Council International, all of these organizations are working very, very hard and very diligently to, number one, reassure people that it is safe to travel. These organizations and the airlines are working very, very hard. Uh, You see airlines in the U.S. and, and elsewhere enforcing social distancing rules, wearing of masks and things like that. 
they are doing everything they can because they have to, to stay in business. Well, let's talk about some of the developments in the Asian air travel field. So there seems to be some encouraging movements happening with Asia. As the editor of Asian Aviation, can you talk a little bit about those positive emerging developments for Asian air travel? Well, there are a few things happening. China is opening up a little bit. China has such a huge domestic market for Chinese airlines. 76% of their business is a China domestic market. So when that starts opening up and it has already started, that's going to be a good thing. So that's a positive. You know, Singapore Airlines is, is opening up. We're also seeing what we call what everybody in the industry has been calling bubbles or corridors. Australia, New Zealand, they're talking about opening up a corridor for sort of trans-Tasman flying. Vietnam is a positive area, a large domestic market. Vietjet, uh, Vietnam Airlines, actually a very thriving market. So their domestic market is is looking pretty good. And South Korea as well. Uh, South Korea, interestingly, has one of the world's busiest city pairs from Seoul to Jeju Island. So South Korea, you're seeing some domestic traffic as well. There are some good things happening in certain areas for domestic travel. Okay, great. Positive developments. Yeah, I mean, you know, Tony Tyler, who was the former director general of the International Air Transport Association, former CEO of Cathay Pacific, he said that airlines need to be more entrepreneurial and they need to, in his words, go for it. Airlines can't rely on their their historic ways of doing things. Tyler's point was, you got to throw out the playbook and you've got to be more entrepreneurial. But their hands are tied a little bit just by the situation they face with quarantines and things like that. Can I ask about scheduling? How are you seeing airlines adapt and plan scheduling to suit current consumer demands? Well, this is, this is kind of a tricky area. And the problem for the airlines is they can't look at their historic data. People are holding off on travel a little bit. And that time between deciding to travel and booking has narrowed from 20 days to three days. So that makes it really, really hard for airlines to plan their fleet operations on three days' notice because you've got got to coordinate flight crews, you've got to coordinate airplanes and all of that. So they are trying the best they can to adapt to these new demands. But again, using the word that I mentioned earlier, unprecedented has been the effect. I think what we're all really interested to see is what happens to the airport experience. From drop-off to plane boarding, it has become such a significant part of travel. How have you seen the experience changing, and what do you think airports will actually look like in the future? Uh, in the medium term, you know, you may have to get tested, or you may have to show up at the airport with some kind of a document. Airports are going to be rolling out technologies and to help speed the process and to improve the process. In the longer term, you're also going to see airports changing the way they do restaurants, the way they do duty-free. And again, a lot of these airports are already rolling out these things so that you pre-order through your phone. If you want something from duty-free, you go online, you pre-order it, it's delivered to the plane. Lounges are going to change a little bit. Uh, I was talking to Plaza Premium Lounges, a very interesting outfit based in Hong Kong. You know, they've been on a huge expansion run the last few years, and they have made changes so that there's no more buffet in the lounge. You order a la carte, and again, you can do that before you even get to the lounge, so it might be waiting for you there. I love the idea of pre-ordering. I mean, clearly technology is going to play a major role in what happens now. What 
technological innovations have you seen airlines implement and will airlines be bringing into place moving forward? It's more the airports and that side of the equation where technology can play a bigger role. And we're already seeing a lot of companies, a lot of airports roll out these new technologies. Uh, AirAsia the other day has, has implemented a contactless check-in procedure where, again, you use your mobile phone. Biometrics will play a bigger role so that you do facial recognition going through immigration, for example. Those kinds of technologies are really starting to make a big splash. And, and I think people, the traveling public, they are a lot more accepting of these kinds of new technological developments. Again, I was talking to someone for the magazine the other day. It's a very interesting company. They actually make the scanners that you put your carry-on luggage on, and they make the metal detectors, and then, you know, that's their business. And they've actually added a ultraviolet light kit that you can add to your existing equipment. It will sanitize the little plastic trays that you put your briefcase in and all of that. So it's these kinds of small details that can make a big difference in restoring passenger confidence to travel. Can I ask about uh, sustainability? What initiatives have you seen airlines facilitating on the sustainability front? And how can they continue to make positive changes in the future? Well, this is, this is really interesting. The International Air Transport Association has a weekly media call, and this has come up several times. The big sustainability issue in aviation is called CORSIA, which is a carbon offsetting system. If you talk to the green groups, they say it's not good. If you talk to aviation, they say it's very good. It's a start, and we're trying to do it. So CORSIA allows airlines on their international traffic to use carbon offsets as a way to abide by emissions targets. Airlines, when oil prices were high, were doing everything they could to get new technology into their systems, into their fleets, new engines, which are more fuel efficient, they're less noisy, and they cost less to maintain. Carbon fiber in the jets, Boeing and Airbus are, are using a lot more carbon fiber. Uh, aviation is also making uh, airlines and other industries, so the oil industry, they're making investments in biofuels. So they recognize that sustainability is going to be a key thing. You've seen governments that are making investments who are trying to shore up airlines in their countries. Some of them are attaching sort of green conditions that they need to retire older, less fuel-efficient airplanes. So, you know, there's an old saying, in chaos, there is opportunity. And I think airlines have an opportunity now to sort of go out there and show people how green they can be by pushing ahead with these things. It's a great opportunity for them, that's what you're saying. Absolutely. You touched there on governments getting involved. Um, as airlines recover, often with new business models, which include government backing, how do you see the agility of airlines changing? That's a good question. I mean, governments getting involved in airlines, it can be good or bad. You take the case of the Hong Kong investment in Cathay Pacific. Cathay Pacific, great airline, flag carrier for Hong Kong. Everybody that I've talked to seems to agree that that was the right thing to do. Singapore government did the same thing for Singapore Airlines. Flag carrier, having that brand is so important to Singapore that the government's not going to let that fail. And if governments are smart, if they do find themselves in a situation where they have to take a position in an airline, 
they will have a light hand on the tiller and let the airline experts who have been in the business for 20, 30, 40 years, let them run the airline because the airline people, I mean, that's why I like covering this industry so much. There's really cool interesting equipment. I mean, if you've ever stood next to a, a giant Rolls-Royce engine, it's, it's an amazing piece of technology. And the people involved, they love aviation, and they've been doing it for years and years and years. Don't tell them how to do their jobs. Let them do what they do best. Respect the expertise there. Absolutely. Great. So, Matthew, could you tell us what innovations passengers are looking for from airlines right now? Well, I think in terms of innovations, I mean, they, they want to have a couple of things. Number one, they're looking for a good deal. They're looking for value for their money. And there are some deals out there. And, you know, also they're looking for safety. You know, uh, they're looking for safety at the airports, touchless technology that airports are looking at, biometric technology that airports are, are talking about. So that's what passengers are looking for right now, I think. And, that, and if airlines and airports and the industry can offer value and safety to the passengers, that will go a long way to restoring passenger confidence in traveling. What, finally, is most positive in your eyes? What have you seen that's made you feel really hopeful about the future for the aviation industry? I think seeing everybody come together in the industry and work together and say, look, the world needs aviation and, and working together to make things better. And number two, aviation, it drives economies and also it helps save economies. The cargo's kept, you know, a lot of hospitals going. Uh, and, and I think, you know, the positive thing that I see out of this is seeing an, an entire industry this large sort of come together and focus on here's the problem, here's how we fix it, here's how we look ahead. And seeing them do that, airlines, airports, the supply chain, the original equipment manufacturers, it's uh, really been interesting to watch them do that. And, and, you know, I'm glad I'm in a position I am to be able to see that. Matthew, thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today on the Shaping Insights podcast. It's been really interesting to find out more about the industry and to see what the future looks like. So thank you again. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. No worries. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We very much hope you enjoyed the Shaping Insights podcast presented by American Express. Don't do business without it.